Are you new to coaching? Starting out as a coach can be incredibly overwhelming, especially when you aren't given much direction from your administration. That's why I created the new coaches playbook. It includes a roadmap to help you start building your coaching foundation and a guide to seven podcast episodes in order that will give you the steps and ideas you need to build relationships, define your role, communicate with your admin, and make a plan to start coaching. One of the challenges of instructional coaching is finding affordable, specialized training that's designed just for you. That's why I'm excited to share an online event with you that's right up your alley. Sydney is hosting a free online conference all about instructional coaching called Better Together. It's a one-day virtual event with dynamic keynote speakers, including Jim Knight, and breakout sessions designed to help you grow as an instructional coach. Head to sydney.com slash buzz to register for this free event. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash B-U-Z-Z. Sydney, changing the way people learn at work. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coach. Welcome to another episode of Buzzing With This Be The Coaching Podcast. This is episode 143, Tracking Your Coaching Work with Chrissy Edwards. Um, I want to share before we get started that I actually have a guide that might be super helpful for you as we start getting a little closer towards the end of the school year and we're, we're kind of trying to measure our coaching impact and think about how things have, have gone this year. I have a reflecting on your coaching work guide and that's at buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 143. So if you go to that address and scroll down to the bottom of the show notes, the, the little summary of this episode will be there for you. And you can also listen to this, um, episode there. If you, for whatever reason, chose to do that at the very bottom, there'll be a place for you to enter your email address. And I will send you this reflecting on your coaching work guide that will ask you some questions to think about as you reflect on your work this year. And as you think about your coaching impact, because that is exactly the theme for this season or this next few series of episodes. Um, We're going to talk about your coaching impact and how we can kind of reflect and measure and account for the coaching work to see if we're having the impact that we want. Sometimes we get to the end of a week of coaching and we can't even figure out where all of our time went. We can feel lost or ineffective and we're not sure if we're making an impact on the things that actually matter. And that's why I wanted to choose this theme to spend a few episodes on at this time of year. And that's also why I invited this guest to join us. So I had asked in a Facebook group for coaches about how coaches track their work. And Chrissy responded with some excellent ideas about using Google Sheets to create your own tracker. So I'm really excited to have her here today. So thank you so much for joining me today, Chrissy. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that you're here too. And I don't often meet any other Chrissy's. It's weird. Same. Isn't that funny? It's not a super common um, name anymore. Uh, and so it's kind of nice to meet another Chrissy and have you as a guest. <laughs> Two Chrissies. I like it. Yes. This should be a great show, right? Yes, Chrissy show. <laughs> Chrissy squared today. So. I love that. 
you know, it's funny, actually, the person who does handle my podcast show notes, she goes by Chrissy as well. And it's kind of weird that I that I know so many. And my friend, Nicole S. Turner, her daughter goes by Chrissy. And I think that's the most Chrissy's I've ever known in my whole life. You're friends <laughs> with Nicole Turner? Well, yeah. That, this is making my my little coaching um, starstruckness even bigger at the moment because I also follow her and all of her exciting things she produces. Um, I actually graduated with two other Chrissy's. Oh, wow. And those are the only ones. And they were both short for something. Mine is truly just, just Chrissy. Oh, see, mine is short for Christina, but I don't think I've ever gone by Christina a day in my life. Like right. I, <laughs> and when I was a kid, I thought Chrissy was my actual name, Right. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Nicole Turner is a good friend, my good coaching buddy. And we actually did the coffee and coaching membership with each other for two years. It was, it was an online membership for coaches. And now, um, we did, you know, kind of move apart in that way because we, each had different responsibilities, but I do always participate in the Simply Coaching Summit and the Simply Coaching Reset. So the summit will be coming up again um, in uh, July of this year. So that should be pretty great. And you can, by now you'll be able to, to register for that. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. So as we get started, we know your name is Chrissy, but beyond <laughs> that, <laughs> if you'd like to introduce yourself, that'd be great. Um, talk a little bit about who you are, how you ended up here and what kind of work you focus on right now. Okay. Um, well, I'm Chrissy Edwards for my whole entire name there. <laughs> and this is my 19th year overall in education. And um, let's see. And it's my 11th year in my current district, but my eighth year as an instructional coach. I'm a called an instructional partner by my district, but it has evolved over time. The first year that this was a job that was offered in my district, it sprung out of the um, one-to-one initiative with iPads and Chromebooks that we were getting in our district. So they created positions for instructional technology coaches, Mm -hmm. which has always been a passion of mine. I did um, a master's in computers and applied technology out of the University of Alabama and was always interested in how we can use technology in education. And I saw that as a perfect opportunity to help the teachers figure out what we were going to do with these iPads in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And then just over the last eight years, we have evolved from technology coaches to instructional coaches to instructional partners using, you know, Jim Knight's terminology there. But um, I work, COVID has of course affected everything. So it's been a couple of crazy years of not getting to do as much coaching because of the subbing situation. But I love getting in classrooms and partnering with teachers and helping them identify their realities and their goals or where they want to go from their reality and the strategies that it takes to get there. Love it. That And it's a good point. That role does change over time so much. Whenever I first started, I was hired as a school-wide project coordinator because they hadn't updated the job description in a really long time. And I remember the principal was like, okay, that's the title, but that's what you're actually going to do is <laughs> completely different than what your title says. So it's interesting how that's changed. Even still, I have a very hard time when I tell people my title mm-hmm. and then they ask, well, what does that mean you do? The the answer is just so convoluted. I, I do just a myriad of things, you know, whatever they, I just usually say, whatever they need me to do is what I do. <laughs> so true. Yeah. That's very other duties as assigned that font is very small, but it takes up a lot of space in your work week. And that's actually kind of what we're talking about um, today, really. 
have you shared in this Facebook group about this fantastic method that you're using to document your time? And so if you could tell us a little bit about why you decided that you needed to have a record of where your time has gone, I would really love that. Cause I've had this conversation with different people and get very different answers. Okay, sure. I uh, think that in the, in the midst of changing roles from being a classroom teacher where your day is pretty well set, your lesson mm-hmm. plans are made, you know what's coming each period of the day. I worked in a secondary setting and so we were on eight period days, you know, bell to bell activities and everything was pretty well planned out. And then when I became this instructional coach, that was totally different. And it was also a brand new role for my school and my principal and my district. And I really just think that no one was really sure what all I needed to be doing. We were still going through training those first couple of years with the Instructional Partners Network, learning how to be Mm -hmm. an instructional coach. So part of it was I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. And then part of it was I did feel like I was doing a lot of things each day, a lot of variety, whatever anybody called and asked me to do. Can you run here? Can you run there? Can you be in this room? or just doing what I was learning that a coach does and go in and observe classrooms and meet with teachers on planning and that sort of thing. But I didn't have it on a schedule anywhere. I didn't have anything planned out ahead of time, really. So sometimes I got in this habit in the uh, maybe halfway through my first year of just having a paper calendar. And even if it kind of sounds like when you write down your to-do list after you've already done it all and you can check it all off. Right. But I at least wanted a record of what I had done that day. And so I got in the habit of writing down the things that I had done. And I would write down things that I knew, like that I that were going to be coming up. If I had appointments that were scheduled, I would put those, of course, on my calendar. But then I also would jot down the other things that I did get called on to do that day, no matter how miscellaneous they were, Mm -hmm. so that at the end of the day, I could look and see that I actually had done something, you know, I think I just had this overwhelming feeling in the beginning of not having my days accounted for anymore. It was, it was such a wide open schedule versus being in the classroom. So I needed a way to at least know at the end of the day, Hey, I did some things today. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good point because it it does feel the, it kind of like flows through your time, your time flows through your hands, you know, and you're just like, where did, where did I, all my time go? I, I, feel like I didn't get as much accomplished today as I would have liked to. It's kind of like parenting. Yes. (laughs) At the end of the day, you're like, what did we even do? (laughs) Yes. Why is this huge mess here? So it's messier at the end of the day, no matter what. And I always say, I'm going to, they're going to go to bed and I'm going to tidy it all back up. And (laughs) we're not even going to count the days that actually happens. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It would be probably a very low count. That's, I feel the same. So if a coach has decided that they do feel like they want a record of their time. And actually I had another reason that, that I recommend to coaches to keep a record of your time. Sometimes it's to justify your work because, yes. you know, coaching, that's one of those positions that they're very quick to put you back in the classroom or to put you to cut the position, you know, whenever, like right now we're so short staffed, it's very yes. easy for people to say, well, we've got this random person. What do they do anyway? Let's stick them back in the room. And, um, so you kind of, it, it's one way to justify your job to say, no, this work is important and this is what I'm doing. And I think it's also important if you are really unhappy with the amount of time that you're spending on different things. So like we have coaches who are being pulled to cover classrooms 
you know, twice a week who are covering PLC one day a week. And then maybe they have two days a week left for coaching, but we know that it doesn't really only look like coaching, you know, so right. they have tons of other responsibilities. So if, if you can actually take this data, you know, export it in a graph and, and say, this is where my time has gone, then maybe yes. you can use that as a talking point to redefine your role on that campus with your administrator or with your central office personnel or whoever it is that defines your, your role and classifies you. Because if we don't have any data, it can be really hard to say, well, I just feel like I spend a lot of my time not coaching. You know, what are you doing? I, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> right. Right. That it absolutely, I had jotted that down in my notes that I did um, need to feel, not only need to feel accomplished, but I needed to validate my role and my job. And on the one hand, for all those exact reasons you just said about being able to say, I do have important work to do. And then also to document, here's all the other things that I'm being asked to do, because we do have some great advocates in my district that really fight for the coaches to be able to protect their coaching time. And not that that's always been able to be protected, especially not with recent times and the sub shortages, but they really do try to ensure that our principals know the district expectation is that we will be um, spending the majority of our time coaching um, and that it is okay. You know, there's plenty of responsibilities in a school to go around, you know, and, and some of them, I mean, one of mine even is making the school newsletter each week, which mm -hmm. I don't mind. And it doesn't take very long, especially now, not now that I have a system and I've been tracking it, but I do like to notice this is how much time I've spent doing these other tasks this week. And I can run that report and, and see the actual number of minutes. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a great, great explanation of that. So then if a coach has decided that they are ready to do this, what are some of the things that they need in place to start tracking their time? Like, do they need any special technology? Do they need to approach their work differently or like make time for it? What does that look like for you? I, I will say this is a Google oriented mm -hmm. um, system that I've been using. And I heard about it from my friend, Jennifer Butler, who was an instructional partner with me at the time and has gone on into an administration and is wonderful. Um, but it involves a Google Calendar um, and a Google using Google Sheets and then using an add-on within Google Sheets. I think I may have called it an extension in my Facebook okay. comment, but it's it's an add-on. And so you just you I really I have had to change the way that I make sure that I remember to put the things in my calendar because there are specific steps to how you enter your um appointments or whatever your activities in your calendar so that this extension or this add-on in Google Sheets will track it. But it's really easy to set up if you open up a Google Sheets document and you go to the add-ons and, you know, most people who are interested in this probably would know the steps to getting to that. And you go to your add-ons and you want to install a new add-on and it is just called Timesheet. And so you select to add that to your Google Sheets, pro, you know, Google Sheets application. And you can launch it at any time, but nothing will run from it unless you're using your Google Calendar. And the only thing you have to do on your Google Calendar is put a hashtag or pound sign for us that are old enough to remember that it's called yeah. pound sign. <laughs> um, put a pound sign in front of the category. And I, I, I use categories. You could literally put a pound sign in front of every single thing that you are doing, but I just thought it made more sense for me to put the pound sign in front of something I would consider a category okay. like coaching. I would put hashtag coaching and then I would hit the space bar and put the name of the teacher 
who I was coaching for that amount of time. And then you select the other things on your Google calendar, what day and what time, you know, what time it started, what time it ended, how long you were coaching with that person. And you would put that category every single time that you were coaching a person. Um, Some of my other categories were things like working on that newsletter. I would put hashtag newsletter and just put the amount of time that it took me to finish the newsletter. Hashtag subbing. If I go into sub at 1130 for the day, I put in subbing from 1130 until whatever time I'm out of that room just to keep up with how much time during that week that I was doing that. Other ones were hashtag or hashtag meeting and I would hit the space bar and put whatever that meeting was. I used to be in charge of um, scheduling these benchmark tests and creating the test and using this program called Performance Series. And that took up a lot of time whenever it came time to give benchmarks. So I would always put that in there. That one has kind of fallen off because we use new programs. Um, hashtag professional development or just PD. And I, of course, I have hashtag miscellaneous or, you know, abbreviated there. Um, so those are my basic categories. And they even have, if you open up your Google Sheet and you go to the add-on, add-ons menu and select the timesheet one, they have a timer and it says it's in beta but you can have Google Sheets open and start the timer on an activity right there live okay. in the Google Sheet, and it will automatically add it to your Google Calendar for you. Um, you do you select on the Google Sheet that I'm pulling data from this, you know, the Chrissy Edwards calendar, whatever your name of your Google Calendar is that you want it to, to communicate with. So you're using your hashtags in your calendar, and then you come back to that sheet at the end of the week and you can run it anytime. You can run it after a day of using it if you want to. And you'll click on timesheet and you'll click run report and it will pull a list based on your categories, all your little hashtags into a little chart and it'll show hashtag coaching. And if you had a bunch of different entries for that with a bunch of different teachers names, it would show the hours or the, you know, the nut for the week, because it runs it based on the week. I've only, you can run it a custom amount of time if you like, but I choose a weekly report and I save that tab at the bottom, you know, the week of January 16th through 20th. And then the next week I'll do a different tab and run that report for that week. And if, you know, if you've done, if you've ran it once during the week on like Tuesday, Wednesday, and you want on Friday to update it to your full count of how many hours you've spent doing it, you just go to the add-on, select timesheet and click update report. And it updates all of the calculations for how much time you've spent on the various activities. And I just have my phone with me or my iPad to where I can pull up my Google calendar and just remember to enter in an event for the, you know, an activity that I've done and put the hashtag in front of it. And even if if I have to do in my old way of re- writing my to-do list after it's already done, it still it still keeps track of it for me though, even mm-hmm. no matter when I enter it in. That is so neat. I just love that. And I mean, it's free, it's accessible to everybody. So that's just yes. awesome. Um, do you connect? I hope that wasn't to- too confusing to understand. If it, if it was, I can try again, but <laughs> no, <laughs> you're okay. I think that, I mean, I, obviously it's something that people need to see to be able to, to really figure it, to make sure that they're doing it the right way. But I think you gave people enough information that they could like open up a couple things, open up Google sheets, you know, try to add the add on and kind of go from there and, you know, remember to use the pound sign or the hashtags yes. um, for their categories. So those categories, you just kind of made them up based on 
on what you mostly spent your time doing? Is that where they came from? Yes. I felt like I knew the things that I was getting called on to do. And I knew the things that I really wanted to be spending my time doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, such as coaching. And I also used one for when I was just observing um, what, which typically would be involved in coaching. I just kind of tried to qualify a coaching conversation where I'm talking with a teacher versus just being in their classroom to mm-hmm. observe, not like a formal observation. And this is just for me to see anyway, unless anyone at my district ever asked for proof of what mm-hmm. I've been spending my time on. Um, this has just been my personal way of keeping up with where I'm spending my time. And I can run that report whenever I want to. And if I, I, cause I feel like, gosh, where have I been? Where's been going on this week? Have I really been in enough rooms? Have I met with the teachers that I've said I've met that I was going to meet with this week? And, um, it helps me get a visual and a, and sort of a calculation of where my time has been going. Yeah. I can see that would be beneficial in so many ways, even more ways than I had originally thought about, you know, (laughs) I really love it. So then do you connect this to your coaching goals or like your plans for coaching for the year in any way? That kind of why I wanted to use something as concrete as, Mm -hmm. you know, a Google sheet, you know, a a spreadsheet form of document versus my paper calendar, because that's what I was doing before, just writing everything down on paper calendar and keeping up looking. I love to look at the spread of my week and seeing that I had jotted down the names of teachers whose rooms I had been in. Um, But then especially once I noticed how much time some of the miscellaneous tasks were taking me, Mm -hmm. I didn't want that to keep me from going and doing the coaching that I knew I had time to do just because I felt like I had spent a lot of time doing something during the day that didn't feel as productive. I wanted to be able to look and see, Hey, you've still got time to go. You've still got time to go check in with that teacher. You've still got time to catch them just for a few minutes on their plan or to pop in and support them in their classroom for a little while. And knowing that I'm tracking it this way and that I want to see that hashtag coaching number increase on my spreadsheet really helps me focus on making sure that I am getting out from behind my desk and going and visiting these classrooms and supporting the teachers. Cause I have a great group of teachers this year, a lot of new people, new to first year teachers, and they really are craving the support and the feedback. So I don't want to just be stuck behind my desk doing miscellaneous tasks. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And you kind of talked a little bit about about how this has been helpful so far, but can you share a little bit more about how you've used this record as you're, you know, you're thinking about your coaching work or what, like what ways have you, have you been thankful that you did it? (laughs) Well, seeing, seeing the amount of hours spent, um, especially on those really good weeks when I've gotten to be in those classrooms and then I've gotten to have those feedback meetings or um, goal setting meetings with teachers, Mm -hmm. seeing the actual count of the time spent makes me feel very good about my job um, because sometimes it's really hard. I'm not in the classroom. I'm not directly, I don't feel like I'm directly impacting and teaching those students, which is something that I love to do. So seeing the names and the amount of time spent with teachers helps me know that I'm reaching those kids through reaching those teachers Mm -hmm. and um, spending time with those teachers and that they want to spend time with me, they'll ask me, um, well, when are you coming back? I had a teacher come just today as I was getting prepped to meet with you. She said, where have you been today? Did you leave me? And I said, oh, no, I'll be back. I just have to go do <laughs> um, something really exciting also. So I love <laughs> that I can see their names and the time spent with them and that using this little strategy of the Google Calendar um, Kind of, it just makes me want to, you know, 
I'm not a super competitive person, um, but for myself, I'm like, oh, next week I want to see if I can get even more time in the classrooms Mm -hmm. and maybe not get bogged down or, or get sidetracked on those things. I like seeing the number go up on the chart, I guess. Long story short, I like to see my numbers look good. (laughs) (laughs) That makes total sense though, because as we're reflecting, sometimes we're reflecting based on like our feelings about how much we accomplished or what we did. We feel like we didn't do this or we did do this and we spent too much time on that. But having the data and actually seeing it really will tell you, okay, this is really where my time is going. You know, I'm really right. am spending way too much time on this, or I really could be spending more time on that, but where can I pull it from? Well, I have a document that would give me some ideas about where I could pull it from. So right. that's awesome. Have you ever had to share? I, I know you mentioned it just for you, but has it ever been useful with you to share it with your administrator or do they even know that you do this? Um, we, I've gotten a new administrator this year. Mm-hmm. Um, my assistant principal she was an instructional partner at the time where we kind of learned about it. And I, I don't know that everybody else, I mean, it's sort of, you figure out what, what fits mm-hmm. you. So I might've been the only one that sort of took it and really tried to use it on a consistent basis. But the, the district person who is kind of our direct line over the instructional partners in my district, she is very well aware of the, that I use this. I think she thinks it's pretty cool. And I think that if it ever came into question, um, about what an instructional partner does or kind of like you were saying earlier, Oh, well, there's this extra person. We can just pull them. I think she would be very quick to say, Hey, wait, no, she really does a lot of stuff. And I, she actually keeps a record of it all and could show it to us if we needed to. I haven't ever had to, but I do know there are people who know that I use it and would be very supportive of saying, wait a minute, she can show you what all she does in a week. You know, she keeps track of it. And so that's, that's a good feeling too. That reminds me, you know, that it is a good thing to, I'm not held to a certain schedule. Mm-hmm. We do have um, coaches in our district that are reading and math coaches specifically, and they are very tied to state mandated things and mm-hmm. have to, re- they have to document their time because they're supposed to be getting a certain percentage of their time coaching in classrooms, but they're required by law in our state because of their job to, um, to track theirs that way. So I, I'm lucky uh, in one way, lucky that I'm not, you know, being followed up on by the state department, but I I am also keeping track of what I do. What state are you in? Alabama. Alabama. Interesting. I didn't realize that they were tied to. um... Well, we have um, a literacy act. And so the Mm -hmm. elementary instructional coaches, and they may have a different title. um, Don't quote me on that. They may be called reading interventionists, reading specialists. I'm not sure what their new title is, but they, um, there's a Alabama reading initiative that's tied to this literacy act that's been passed about kids being on a certain, being proficient by the third grade uh-huh. or by the end of third grade. And so in support of that, those people in those roles have to um, follow a certain guideline for where they spend their time. Interesting. It's um, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have a question about um, whenever you, you actually look at your data, you said something about it tabulates the number of minutes. Is it giving, do you like export it as like a, a pie chart or what do you, what does it look like whenever you see the final version? It is, it is um, a two or three column chart and it'll say the categories and just whatever else you have out beside, you know, if I said hashtag meeting and I put, you know, PLC mm-hmm. or meeting principal, it would have that on the 
first column. And the second column is a total for the week as far as hours. So it'll be like 1.15 hours. It'll show it as a whole number in a decimal. 1.15 hours of meetings for the week. I mean, that's a very, <laughs> that's not a realistic number for how many meetings happen in a week. But yeah. And then you could take that. I don't, I, that's a good idea. You know, one thing I haven't done is um, highlighted that data and turned it into any other kind of chart. But within sheets, that is something I know how to do. I would mm-hmm. highlight it and go up to those options at the top to turn it into a pie chart or a bar graph and um, total it up for the week. I just look at the number of hours okay. because I don't account for every, sometimes I feel bad that I haven't accounted for every single minute of the day. You know, you think, oh gosh, what was I doing in those times that I didn't give it a category, but it's almost impossible to fill up the whole day right. with a category. You know, sometimes there just are minutes of the day where you're in transition of things or, right. you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Preparing for things and you just kind of lose track of what it is. Yeah, you don't always remember. Yeah, that might be interesting too. Looking at like a pie chart would give you like a a percentage. And so like, okay, like I know that, um, well, like you mentioned with your coaches that are uh, in reading and math around the district that I used to work at, they were like, okay, this much percentage of your time needs to be sent in classrooms. It was kind of an unrealistic percentage given all the things that they also wanted you to do. Same here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but it was, that would be an interesting way to look at it is to say, okay, well, they want us to be in classrooms, you know, 75% of the time. So then 75% of the time means this many minutes. And let's look at our little pie graph and how, like, I'm only in there 60% of the time or what, which actually would probably be pretty fantastic. Um, But that was, uh, that was, that's kind of the way that I pictured, like looking at, at final data, that might be a way to kind of um, also to like, if you have to justify it to administrator, that might be an easy way to say, look, this is where my time goes in a week. And look at half of my pie is spent dealing with stuff that is not <laughs> coaching stuff. Right. <laughs> right. And I think initially that's kind of what turned me on to using the spreadsheet is I I felt like mm-hmm. so much of my time wasn't spent on coaching. And I was being asked to do a lot of, I'm on every committee at the school, you know, right, I, and right. so those things uh, w- there for a while, we were um, jumping in and helping out with anything that the PTO, if the, if there were PTO events happening, even things like selling the concessions to the kids for an award, a reward party, you know, I would be up there and not that there's anything wrong, you know, I want to be all hands on deck, but I also wanted a record of, Hey, that was time that I wasn't um, getting to do what is technically my job. And and that's just the reality of that's the nature of it. It's okay. It's not that I was bitter about it, but I do oh, want yeah. to be able to see it. Uh, you yes. know. Oh, I totally understand. Because all those other duties as a sign, like you said, they have to be done, have to be done by somebody and you don't have a class. So it's often you're the somebody, you know, but, right. um, but yeah, it takes time from your coaching work. So you're always trying to balance. This is what's important about my coaching work, but this is important for the school right now. And you're trying to figure out how to walk that line. And this information can help you make those decisions about when to try to push back and say, no, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. It's much easier to say, especially when I'm, I'm tracking time that I'm spending with specific teachers. And I can say, you know, if we can find, if we can get a parent volunteer to come up here and help with that, because I'm really involved in this cycle with this teacher right now. And it helps to validate that. Um, And like, you know, I, I'm all hands on deck. If something needs to be done and I realize I'm the extra person sometimes happy to do it. But I I like to note that um, that's where my time is going. It's just, it's also really neat to see. 
Yeah. Is there anything else that you can think of that just that might be helpful for coaches to know as they're trying to implement this? It does take a, it took me a little getting used to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like maybe the first year I, I tried it, I was hit or miss because I was so tied to my paper calendar and I was just so used. It's always open on my desk. I would jot down things. And even just that day, if someone called on me to come see them in the afternoon, I would just jot that down. And then I had to make myself get in the habit of, even if I had jotted it down and, but if I wanted a track of the actual time, putting it in that calendar and using the little hashtag system. And then also I did like, um, I do like getting in the habit of if I'm going to have my computer with me somewhere anyway, and I do deal with a lot of technology stuff just because people know that that's kind of one of the things that I'm pretty good at and have a passion for. So I do typically, and I have access to the programs that we use. So if I end up helping with somebody needing to log into something or troubleshooting, I typically just have my computer with me, but I can also have that sheet open and start the timer right there from the Google sheet. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me um, not have to remember to go back to my calendar because I was tracking it right there live when I was doing that activity. Um, Because tech help, I I end up doing, I felt like I was doing a lot of tech help for a while. So that was one of my hashtags. And I would just time it the whole time that I was helping somebody with that kind of problem. And I wanted to make sure I was balancing other kinds of help with, I didn't want to just be, you know, we have a tech guy dedicated to our building. So, you know, I want to make sure that people know my job is a little bit different than his job. You know, I'm happy yes. to help you. I'm always happy to help, but also there are things where he needs to handle that. And I'm here to help you with instructional things and partnering yeah. with you for your classroom goals. So that would be, yeah, I could see like making a little shortcut to the, um, to the sheet on your desktop or, you know, and somewhere that that way it's easy to get to. So you're not always like going to Google, going, you know, sometimes people spend time doing those kinds of things. And then it's just kind of a pain. But if you have the shortcut to it right there, it's always you're it's easy for you to access. Are you telling me there are people that close their tabs? Because I have 50 tabs open <laughs> at all times. And that's always one of them is my, <laughs> you know, I think I'm, I'm an open tab person. And my husband is close everything out and have one folder on your desktop person. Yes. Um, And he is always harassing me about it. And I am not going to change. And it's and neither is he. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they're open tab people and closed tab people. <laughs> Yes. My husband's a district tech guy. I think he hates looking at my computer in general. I think he's just like, what is happening here? You have yes. folders and documents on the desktop and tabs open everywhere. Oh, just- no, it's like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm going to go back to those things and I need to right. see them. So I remember them that way. I know <laughs> I have to finish them. I know they're, <laughs> they're open for a reason. They're, yeah. use, they're being useful. It's a system. Okay. It's my system. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for all of this. I really think that coaches are going to want to embrace this. It's such a good um, free tool that they can use. And I have, I do want to ask you kind of a fun question. I've been asking on the podcast of all the guests, what is your favorite thing right now? And this could be like a book or a movie activity product, whatever uh, that you love right now. So what is your like favorite thing that you're loving? Um, okay. I do have a, I have a fun answer for this. I think it's fun. I have a friend who um, also was an instructional partner with me. Her name's Jenny Osborne. She arm knits. Have you seen the chunky? Oh, knit yeah. Knits? yeah. Okay, she can do those with her arms and just using her arms as the knitting needles. And you can learn this on YouTube. She um, hosts, she teaches classes on it, but I never could wow. go to the classes. So I got on YouTube and I looked up, I found a lady called the reclaimed heirloom. 
And I learned how to make them where I was very afraid that if I got my arms tangled up in this, this yarn, one of my children would need children at home too. And I thought I can't be trapped in the yarn and have to go do a diaper change. So (laughs) I watched a YouTube tutorial on how to make it where you just do these finger loops. And I made this gigantic blanket for my sister-in-law for Christmas. And I'm making another one for another sister-in-law. So knitting chunky blankets is what I'm trying to have be my hobby right now. (laughs) I don't have time. You can leave it out on the table and come do a few loops at it, you know, a couple of rows of loops at a time. And I love that. I don't have to sit and have the whole thing done in one sitting. I can have it out and um, work on it little by little. And then by the time it's done, I have a great big blanket to show for it. That is so neat. I am so glad I asked you what your favorite thing was. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> I wish I could show you a picture. I'm super proud of the blanket that I did make. It's it's so comfy and cozy and it's that that big fat yarn. It's just Yeah. Yeah, I've I seen the so- arm knitting on Instagram before. Um, but I've never I haven't seen the finger loops. That's pretty cool. What a neat and idea. My, well, my friend had knitted my two my littlest babies when they were born. She had given me blankets that she made for them and they were just wonderful and I thought, "Well, I'm going to learn how to make these." And I've, I've made one and I've got one started. So it's just a tiny bit of a hobby, but it is really fun. And I like it. That's great. It's nice to have, it's good to have a hobby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So if people want to learn more about um, how they can use Google sheets, can you think of anywhere that they could go to learn about it? YouTube is my best friend for everything. I YouTube, I think I watched a YouTube tutorial whenever my friend Jennifer told me about using timesheet. I just got on YouTube and searched, um, uh, timesheet add-on for Google uh-huh. Sheets or timesheet add-on will probably get you there. And step-by-step, uh, step, it shows you exactly how to launch the add-on and then how to use your Google Calendar in coordination with it. That's awesome. I think there are also like, um, Google has like certification courses and you can take yes. a certification course in like Sheets if you really wanted to be more comfortable with it. Oh, wow. I haven't gone that specific. I've done the like Google level one. Okay. You know, um, but I hadn't thought about doing a specific application because that would yeah, be, I think I want to say my brother was doing them I and he's gotten some, he's a, um, a baseball and high school teacher. He's a baseball coach and high school teacher in Mesquite, Texas. And he was talking about, he's gotten different certifications and different things. And it sounds pretty interesting. I mean, there's all kinds of cool, um, stuff you can learn on Google. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'll, I'll have to look into be becoming a trained Google sheets or a Google. My husband's like an Excel um, expert though. Yeah. So I have to say, I tend to rely on him for that. Yes, I get it. Yes. <laughs> we have can to I use? Outsource whenever you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Chrissy. I really appreciate everything that you shared. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being on your podcast today. I'm so excited. I feel so silly being so excited about it, but I just think it's really neat. <laughs> That was such good information. And I know it can be hard to picture it. So what I recommend that you do is, you know, you've listened to this episode once, go ahead, sit in front of your computer, open up Google Sheets and listen to it again, you know, get the add on, um, try it out, test it and see what it looks like whenever you add different categories. And if you use this, let me know, because I would love to see how this is going for you. I also want to remind you that you can grab um, that, uh, some, that free reflecting on your coaching work guide at episode 143. So it's buzzing with Ms. B.com slash episode 143. You can grab it in the show notes. And I want to also remind you about our next episode. We are going to continue chatting 
about your coaching impact. So today we looked at how to track your coaching work. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about evaluating your coaching impact. So how do we know what kind of a job you're doing? How do we know if your coaching work is having impact? You're spending 50% of your time in classrooms. What is that causing to happen? What change are you making on your campus? That's going to be episode 144. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.